Welcome back to another episode of White Collar Dropouts. I am one of your two hosts, Zach, and beside me, I have Dorota's son. Phil! And it's currently 11.30 p.m. on a Tuesday night, on a Monday night, because yeah. Zach decided that he... Wanted to be two hours late. That's all we have to say. We was, to, a reason. to be honest with you, it was something... We had a conversation the other day about things that make us mad. We only get mad at things that are in our control. So if it's not in our control, we don't get mad what at do it. What do I get mad at? You get things. You get mad at things that are in your control. No, I get mad when people are not punctual. Actually, the first fight that we ever got in was because I was late by about 20 minutes to How, picking him yeah, up. Yeah, 20, 20 minutes? Yep. It was more like three hours. He told me, we're going for a trip to New York when we were in college. And he's like, yo, wake up at 7 a.m. I woke up at 7 a.m. And I was ready. I was so excited. My energy was full. I was literally watching Netflix for like three hours in the morning, like upset. And then finally he decides to show up. And then we bring him to his college bedroom and I put hundreds of solo cups filled with water in oh it. Oh my god. Uh to further make this situation even worse. Um so I was successful with it. He was so mad that he actually started kicking down people's bedroom doors. That's not what in happened. In the apartment. Uh one of our one of our buddies needed underwear from his room and his door was locked and we couldn't open it. So I had to knock it down. Um Is that what you told your therapist? That's yeah, that's what I told Jonathan. Oh, you got a new therapist? Yeah, Mariah's gone. What happened to Mariah? Oh, she wanted to sleep with you. No. <laughs> you wanted to sleep with her? Maybe. <laughs> uh, All right, well, let's get to business. <laughs> um, with that said, therapy is all about what, Phil? Communication. Communication. <laughs> um, and it's funny because Forbes magazine said that every year they come out with the most important skill of the year. And this year, Forbes magazine said the most important skill of... 2022 is love. So you don't want to, you want to go back to talking about Mariah? No. So communication is the most important skill that that's what you're saying? Yeah. Okay. Great. Agree no. or disagree? I agree. I Why? agree. I think that communication could go a long way in your career, in your love life, uh, your multiple streams of love as well. If it's necessary. Yeah. What you're into, I don't know what I'm into. I'm going to stop. Everybody has a moment when they realize the one thing that's stopping them from advancing to the next level is their ability to communicate their ideas. Facts. What happened to you that made you realize that for the very first time? And why is your belt <laughs> undone? My, my, my belt's undone. I don't know if you could see. Oh my god, that's so embarrassing. Oh my god. I hear something clinking in my lower Did abdomen. That, your zipper's undone. <laughs> Was that just from the turkey bagel we just had? Yeah. <laughs> oh, had a turkey bagel, I'm not gonna lie, I got a little bit horny, if you know <laughs> what I mean. Oh. Um what was the question? <laughs> what was the question? If anybody could put that question down in the comments, we'll answer it on the next podcast. 
Aiden, I need you to go back, take that question that I just asked him <laughs> before that whole shit happened, and then pull pull it back here. I don't know if we can do that. I think the the little you can cut. I think you the can little, make cuts and copies. I think and the paste. little like tangent might go a long way for us. Okay. Well, it's not more so of what happened to you. It's there is a moment in your life where you get something you want and you don't have the credentials for it. True. For example, I was a college student and I didn't think or I was told I wasn't smart enough to get a position. It was actually a developer position because I was a computer science nerd. However, they told me that, you know, I belong here, 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 and I kind of shot for it. And I wasn't qualified at all, but I said I was qualified. And that was the moment I realized I could talk my way through a lot of things. I delivered, by the way, on that job. The whole point of it was to close the deal. Yeah. Interesting. Um, you're, talking about, you're talking about that bank, the green and white bank. No, I'm talking about that Salesforce job. <laughs> oh. Oh, okay, okay. I thought, you, I thought you were talking about the green and white bank. Because you know who else worked at the green and white bank? Are, are you going to say who? A uh, prospect. They- Really? Yeah. Who? Oh, really? Yeah, she works there right now. Good to know. Yeah, I, I think I'm pretty. Sh- I'm pretty. Um, yeah. one of our very important clients. Yeah, for those of you that that are listening, one of our very important clients has actually spent some time at that bank because I worked at a bank, and we are having a get together at the end of this month to sell um that company on some TikTok stuff that we're doing, um. So it's like just like a great conversational starter, which is incredible um, to close deals. Great common ground. That's what it is. Once you find common ground, you could vibe um, and you kind of open up a little bit more. Yeah, and that's that's all like part of like effective communication. Tell us, tell us about sales. Well, like one of the things it's interesting because like you bring up how this is really good intel for. All right, can you fix your pants? (laughs) We're still on. I'm just I'm zipping up my zipper right now. Um, this is just great intel because. When I get a prospect, I do so much creeping on their social media, Facebook, Instagram, their LinkedIn. I just try to figure out things that they're super into, like concerts that they've been to or events that they've gone to, athletes that are, are, you know, following or teams that they're following. Once I figure that out, then I go educate myself briefly enough just to ask the right questions Mm. to break the ice a little bit. What are the right questions? And, And let me finish. Are they broad? Are they specific? Like, how do you find those questions to ask where they can talk forever? Because that's, by the way, that's one thing Zach's going to say is find a way to get them to just talk forever and ask the right questions. So what, what is that? Definitely open-ended, um, but I almost just crack a joke about it. So, I mean, I don't know. Like, it's super stupid stuff. Like, if, if they're, they got a team, like, okay, I had a customer, huge Bulls fan. Right the Bulls the, is a basketball team for those of you that don't know. I'm actually surprised you knew that. I was about, I was and, about to say um, hockey. They on had a phenomenal first half of the year, and the last time we actually spoke, we uh, were sort of talking like the Raptors. I'm a Raptors fan. We live in Toronto. Another basketball Raptors team. weren't necessarily in the playoff picture, and then um, the Bulls were like number one seed, and that's the last time we spoke. 
We just spoke recently. The Raptors are right above the Bulls. The Bulls are going to get totally swept in the first round. So we were just shooting shit over that. The other thing was I had a demo presentation like sometime towards the end of last year. And it was a, it was with a Habs fan. Okay, another basketball team. Hockey team. Another hockey team. And we did this like... We were up 3-1 in the series at that point. Obviously, like, Phil, I'm most... Everybody listening to this podcast knows, but, Phil, you don't know. Yeah. The Leafs and the Habs are... I'm asking the questions are, that they want to hear. Are rivals, okay? So the Leafs rivals. and the Habs are rivals. So it was a big deal for us to have this series. We were up 3-1, and so we were just totally ripping on her. Telling her that, you know, her season's yeah. over, whatever, whatever. Super feeling overconfident. We booked the final presentation a month from that initial conversation. The Habs came back, won three games in a row, beat us 4-3 in the series. Nobody saw it coming. And we got on the call, and I wore a Habs jersey on the call. Out of respect? Out of respect. And you closed it? And it closed, and she loved it. Wow. And that was so little. That's not even a huge example. That was just a tiny little thing, but... Um, so it came sports, that came from doing so much creeping on social yeah. media. Sports is a great way. Uh, music is a great way too. It's it's emotional based. You don't want to talk religion, but sports is okay. The other thing in the states is their alma mater. Like any the what? What's alma say? mater? What what does that mean? Uh, the college that they went to. Alma mater. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It sounds like you're mumbling. I don't. Know. You never heard that word before. Alma mater. <laughs> All right, I'm just going to get an idiot. Um, keep speaking. I don't know what that means, but keep going. Just the college they went to. Okay, everybody oh, in the States the is really passionate about the school that they went to. I was I, So if you okay. go to Ohio State, you're a huge Buckeyes fan for life. You go to University of Michigan, you're a huge Wolverines fan. If you go to Michigan State, right, like Spartans fan, whatever it is, mm. everybody loves their college team. So when March Madness comes around. Basketball. Good. Um, those are all great conversation points to bring up in calls. Um, football season, obviously, and once the fall rolls around, that's super great as well. Like I always think, sports season is the best time to break the ice with new relationships. I always turn to sports for it. Mm. Concerts too, whatever you can find on their Facebook. Mm. <laughs> I swear to God, <laughs> on their Facebook. I swear to God. What about their LinkedIn? What about their Instagram? What about their Tinder? What about their Hinge? Like, I need. I need I need more, bro. Can't find them on I feel like you're leaving some stuff out that's that's leaving us dry. So this is what I do. I search their name into Google. Once I have their name, I put, and I can't really find them. I put their city in and I put their company in and eventually I find a Facebook profile. That Facebook profile usually is private. So you have so a demo you have I'll, a dummy account. Yeah. So I'll I'll pull that's as much as I can creepy. from the from the Facebook account, the public profile. Otherwise, I have a dummy account where I literally just go add all my freaking prospects <laughs> and uh, <laughs> just learn as much as I can about these people. And then I literally use it as collateral to spark conversations about, like, I'll, I'll like, drop it in so subtly because I know they're going to pick up on it. Like, I had this one dude who ran, uh, who did an Ironman. And I was, I literally just made up this lie. I was like, yeah, I just got off um, coming back from Cincinnati I had a friend who was competing in an Ironman this this weekend. How was your weekend? He's like, wait, which Ironman? And I'd be like, uh, this one. He'd be like, I was running that Ironman. I'm like, no way. And just like 
back and forth. Wow. So and it immediately the prospect falls in love with you. Well, because this if if you run an Ironman, you want to talk about the fact that you run yeah. fucking Ironmans. You everybody in your circle knows that you run Ironmans. Yeah. So if somebody asks you one question about an Ironman, you're gonna talk for thirty minutes. Exactly. How do you know if someone's vegan? They fucking talk. They'll they, tell yeah, you. They, they'll, it's on a billboard. They'll fucking, they'll they'll uh, they'll rent out a billboard. They have a podcast about it <laughs> on Rodeo Drive. Just to tell you that they're vegan. Just to tell you. So, um, that's why creeping actually does work a little bit, um, and that's how I use it to have effective conversations with people. The other thing is, um, like people just love to talk about themselves, and mm. that's the. There's this book. It's called The Art of Charm. You read it? I haven't. All right. The premise of the book Wait, is essentially. I have. Yeah, I think I you, gave you, it to you. You told me to read it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I read it. Uh, the premise of the book, the biggest takeaway of it is, it's a book on how to be charming, and essentially, it's be used in family, it can be friendships, you relationships, and business. obviously didn't learn anything. Continue. I think my biggest takeaway from it is as long as you can make the conversation about them, they will like you. So you read the book, you took one thing out of it, and from that one thing you've made a ton of connections, a ton of money, and yeah, a ton of network. Yeah. See... I'm going to I'm going to switch a little bit and pivot towards books. Sure. Um I think there's a stigma around people people making fun of you if you don't read a whole book through. And I believe that you pick up a book, you read it until you find something valuable, one piece of information, you take that you use it in your everyday life, you won't go on to the next book. You don't have to read the rest of the book if it's the same shit over and over and over again. I totally agree with that. And the thing, the reason I agree with it, I know so many people that would actually agree with that because whenever I read a book, I only ever take away one major thing. Every book that I've, that I've have mm -hmm. like in the collection, I can point at it and only tell you one thing about it. That's what I took away from the other charm. There's something that I took away from the secret. There's something I took away from the monk that sold his Ferrari. Then you're rich. Like, Every single book has so many different topics. 48 Laws of Power. There's literally 48 fucking laws in it. I can <laughs> tell you fucking one. Which one? I actually can't tell you <laughs> one. It's a book of laws. But, but, book of power. But, like, I know I totally agree with you. Also, it's a fucking waste of time sometimes, too. Some of these yeah. books are just total it, it's like, bluff. Yeah, you, you just want to come off as, like... Like you're pretending to like read the book through. You're gonna but put like your belt back on. Like, there what are we it's doing on. It? My belt's on. Oh my god. When was the last time you couldn't find the words to communicate an idea, and as a result, it totally fucked the business? A lot of the times, when you're, so I have an agency, right? And we offer TikTok service, TikTok content content service, and a lot of the times where we get fucked is when the other party is has this fixed idea in their head about what they want and won't let us free flow, won't let us be creative. 
Because the way the only way the partnership works with everybody that I work with is if you let us do let let me do what I'm really good at, and you kind of just sit back and wait for us to give you feedback or like tell you to do something. So how do you mitigate that? Do you set an expectation with the customer? Yes. Um. So we do TikTok content. I think I've said this before. Yeah. Why are you explaining it to uh, me? Like I don't. No, because it's important. It's important. Um. Why are you explaining this to me as if you didn't have five guys in my apartment or in our apartment shooting fucking water guns at each other? <laughs> yeah, they're shooting water guns like an hour ago. Anyways, yeah, uh, the way that we mitigate that is we basically show them a portfolio of work that we've done. Before signing them, before anybody does anything, we're like, this is what we've done. Can we reformat this content or use our creators into your brand? If yes perfect they're not going to have any complaints we're chilling if no like unfortunately we're not going to work out the thing with communication is everybody has an expectation about what they want to receive um and two parties being misaligned on one common goal happens with literally everything so the only way to avoid turmoil or politics, or a poor end result, is just set the expectation up front. And the hardest part with setting expectations up front is, like, people that have a, a desire to be a yes man, and just mm. a total people pleaser. And I, I have that too. Like, I'm guilty of saying yes to customers when I know things are way more complicated than it seems, or, like, saying yes to, to certain yeah. things when I know that it just can't be done. Yeah. Because when you're selling and you're trying to persuade people, all they want to hear is yes. But what's yeah. interesting and what I realized is once I started to say no, that's where they started to have a level of respect that I never had access to. Wow. It's the same thing with like, um, with girls too. Dude. Like you can't just say yes to every, everything. Yeah. Saying no, uh, for some reason, just saying no earn, earns respect. Even in business, it's interesting. So, mm -hmm. um, you know what? That's a hundred percent true. When, when we've, when we, whenever we have an influx of business coming through, and an influx of Tinder leads, if you know what I mean, coming through, let's just stick to business. Yeah. Um, and we're on the calls, and they say something that's out of our bandwidth. Like, oh, come integrate in these processes when we have our own internal processes that we want them to integrate to. We're like, no, we're not leaving Slack. No, we're not leaving Monday. Yeah. Then they conform and you get that respect. And now you're the decision maker. Yeah, the power's in your hands and playing the service. And they're like, oh, do you also do this thing that's totally out of scope and totally none of your fucking business? Yeah. It's, Sometimes it's hard like, to say no. Yeah, it's hard to say no to it's that. It's hard to say no because you're like, did, did I hear more money? Like, did I hear yeah. more business? But sometimes you just got to say no. Yeah. We don't. Yeah, expectation setting. Poor expectation setting when it, like, when it comes to business can definitely hurt a company. It can hurt relationships. It can hurt friendships too. Yeah. Expectation setting is one of the most important things and I I'm honestly shit at it right now. So punctuality is expectation setting. Oh fuck off. Goes in full circle. 
What do you have to say to somebody that's incredibly smart, incredibly talented at what they do, but they have horrible communication skills? I've met so many people like this in university. Do you remember that very fucking smart kid? Like I was a computer science guy and a mathematics uh, guy as well. And there's these kids that are just genius. And I know they have incredible ideas on how to solve problems and how to make millions, potentially billions of dollars with their with their skills. But they just can't communicate anything to anybody because the way that they communicate, nobody wants to listen to them. Yeah, but so this is so interesting. So yeah, Phil and I both come come from computer science backgrounds. We're now on in the business side of, of things, and the communication styles in on both ends are two very different things. When you're coming from a um, a profession and a an educational background that teaches you how to understand the ins and outs of everything, when you explain a concept, you explain the ins and outs of everything. If you ask a computer science student to explain an app to you, they're going to explain the architecture and the Oh my God. All this unnecessary bullshit. You ask a business student to explain it out to you, you're going to get a very different answer. Mm-hmm. And the one thing is, um, especially in tech, anything tech related, the m- people that make the most money know how to bridge the gap in communication between engineers and business people. You got, you have this incredible product that engineers have built and we need to find funding for it. So I need to take this product that engineers have built and explain to me in all these technical terms. And I need to, pitch it to a bunch of billionaires that have business backgrounds and MBAs at the pitch, the value of it. Um, then when the investors or the C-suite or the executive suite of the company has feedback for their product, I have to, you have to be able to translate executive communication styles into a language that engineers can better understand when they go back and refine the product. The people that makes make the most money in these industries are the ones that bridge that communication gap. Yeah. So these students that Phil and I went to school with, man, like I'm having flashbacks. These are the most brilliant people that I have honestly ever met up and up till this day. Where mm-hmm. where the where my fellow computer science, um, <laughs> your fellow students, you're, you're a dropout. I'm a dropout. But like my the the what what do you call them? Classmates, like what's uh, the colleague co- thing for school? Colleagues, <laughs> frat, <laughs> frat brothers, the the guys that literally just they, yeah, you know, it's it's uh it it sucks um because <laughs> a lot of them, a lot of them they graduate university and they get these amazing paying jobs that you know they get paid three hundred thousand, five hundred thousand, a million dollars a year. I'm gonna stop you right there because they don't get amazing paying jobs because they don't know how to do a fucking interview. Coding monkeys get amazing jobs at Amazon. (laughs) Um, But let me finish. Um, The only issue with that is those jobs put them in a box. They, They have like, basically handcuffs are put on them. And they don't have free flow creativity. They just do what they're told and they do it very well. And then they get compensated for it. That's being a, that's being a software engineer at a huge tech company for you though. Um, startups startups are a little bit different, but yeah, you get put in a box at these big tech companies. I can speak from experience. Um, Same. The 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 thing going back to what you said about them getting these jobs. I know so like 
there were these inc- like super smart students, and I I don't even think they got. I know what you mean. They got okay, so incredibly smart. They had the highest, you know, if not hundreds across the board and everything. But they had no ability to go to a job fair that the school would host. They had no ability to to shake somebody's hand and introduce themselves. They had no ability to reach out to a LinkedIn recruiter and ask for some time in their calendar to get to, you know, to, to network. They had no ability to do any of that. And all of these people that could be building products with a total addressable market of billions and billions and billions of dollars are doing research at our university for an associate professor. Or they're doing a fucking PhD in computer science. That's what they're doing. Facts. And it sucks. Facts. It, it sucks to see that. Facts. Then you got guys that have an incredibly incredibly strong ability to communicate. But can't build shit. And they're the ones that are building product at billion dollar companies. Or building billion dollar companies. I actually, my best friend's boyfriend right now is a finance guy. Building a startup. Has never written a code line of code in his life. Are any of my computer science uh, classmates building a startup? Fuck no. Fuck no, they aren't. <laughs> They're doing fucking research for our goddamn first year theoretical math prof. Dr. Spencer fucking Smith. Fuck I'm you, looking Dr. at Spencer you, Smith. you stupid fuck. Fuck you, honestly, man. Seriously, fuck you. You're right, a one lame guy. Let's not put that negative energy out there. You're a one lame, stupid fuck. <laughs> God, I hate you. Oh, don't look him up. No hate. I love peace, love, and positivity. No, I do. I do love you because you you are really part you of. You changed my that. life. You made me drop out of school. Thank yeah, you so much. You did for make that. me drop out of school. So there, turn that negative energy into positive energy. You got anything else on that notepad there? Um, no, those are the four questions I had. For you gotta you. have keep going, bro. The energy's strong. All right, here here's here's one thing. Um. Oral communication or written communication? In today's world, which one goes farther? I You said oral. I was thinking about something else. Can you say that again? Oral communication or written communication? In today's world, which one goes further? Oral. Why? I could see why you would say written. Because you know what? I'm going to change that. I'm going to change that answer. Because you know what I've been doing very recently? I think calls are a waste of time. I close. It's easier to close people for what I'm doing. I'm not cutting million dollar deals here yet. It's easier to close people over messages and get people to do what I need them to do over messages. Very important delegation. When I'm typing it out rather than hopping on a FaceTime, hopping on a Zoom. I hop on a... I... The way I communicate and I delegate tasks, I make it monkey stupid. So I have to say exactly what I want to happen. If I'm on the phone, I might trip over my words. I might say one thing wrong and then I have to repeat myself. And then I'm not going to get the output that I'm looking for. I need to make it clear as a freaking... Yeah, you got to... 
See, I'm actually really bad at that. Because I expect people to be way smarter than me and put their own take on things. Like, fill in, fill in the gap. Yeah, I expect people to fill in the gap, but they never fill in the gap. They never and, fill and, in and the gap. How have you not, how have you not realized that and switched up your text? I'd get on the phone. So I don't, I don't necessarily contradict myself over the phone as much as, I guess. Yeah, you choose your words very wisely. No, I, I wouldn't say that. Look, look, listen to this entire podcast. I definitely don't do that. But. Yeah, you're right. I'm the one that chooses his words very wisely. Yeah, you are. I'm not. Thank you. So I just click on the huddle button on Slack. Oh, wow. <laughs> so I'm just calling it out right now. Philip <laughs> did buy his Essentials hoodie at PacSun. And it's uh, certified. <laughs> it's certified Essentials because the tag is still on. To be honest with you, he's the type of guy to take Rich. off the Paxson thing, but keep the Essentials tag on there. Just because. I'll probably do that. That's like guys that walk around in Jordans that have the StockX tag on them. Paul does Paul. That. Shout out, Paul. Love you, Paul. All right. So you think written communication goes further? Yeah. yeah. What, what, wait, what about yourself? I, I think written right now. I'm just looking at um, mm. Twitter is, I feel like, almost... At a level it's never been at before. Oh my god! I just put out my first Twitter thread. I did saw that. I saw that. <laughs> Twitter, yeah. Twitter thread. I I don't even know how to use it. I had to. You know what I had to do? I feel so old. You dude. didn't even write. I had to. I wrote it. Anyways, I put out my first Twitter today. Mm-hmm. Twitter thread today, and I had to watch a fucking YouTube video on how to put a thread together. Yeah, I wouldn't know how to do that either. <laughs> I felt like I was like... Dude, when I started TikTok, I had to watch... Remember I was calling you on how to edit videos? Oh my god, I, I don't even know how to do that. You know that, right? You don't? I posted five TikToks in my life. I, I don't know how... Three of them you were in. I didn't, I didn't know how to use the TikTok That's app. a joke, by the way. I have a TikTok agency. We post 100 videos a week. Anyways. Yeah. We're about to do 100 videos a day. Yeah, literally. But for now, 100 videos a week. But yeah, anyways, time ago. Yeah, I I had to watch YouTube videos on how to... um, Put together. Use the TikTok video editor. I just didn't... I didn't get it. So you... Yeah. We are getting old. Yeah. Like, we only got into TikTok, what, five years after everybody else? Yeah. It was musically. And then... Well, wasn't it something Vine? Was Vine a thing? Vine yeah, was a yeah. Thing. Vine, Vine is like TikTok is the Vine of 2022. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I remember Vine. So I never did musically, but I, I remember Vine. I made vines. You did? Yeah, I made vines. Oh my god, Zach was a drummer back when he was like eight. This was right after the drumming phase. Yeah. He had a phase. I had a, I had a lot of phases. I had a Nerf gun phase. I had a tech phase, like consumer tech. What do you mean a Nerf? How how do you go from Nerf guns to tech? Like, were you just in love with Nerf guns? I don't understand. Yeah, there's this guy on YouTube. He was the biggest Nerf gun YouTuber. His name is Ewan13. How do you remember his name? Um, because that's all I used to watch. You know how when, back in the day when Peter we, Chow. Peter Chow here. Oh my God. <laughs> I don't know if you can keep that. I don't know if that's allowed. We'll keep Cut it on that. audio. Yeah, we'll keep it on audio. We'll keep it on audio. Oh, shit. 
Uh, Cancelled. Oh, man. We got to add that as one of the buttons. Yeah. You clicked it. Oh, shit. What happened? You, right. that, that has to be an, That actually has to be a button. Yeah, it has to be a button. Um, <laughs> anyway. It'll be like, hey, it's Phil and... Pita Chow here. We're yeah. imitating YouTuber guys. Yeah, we're it's just a YouTube thing. It's, it's a, a YouTube thing. thing. It's not anything else. It's not what you're thinking. Yeah. Um. So with that said, uh, we're talking about phases. Oh yeah, there's one dude. He made YouTube videos about modifying Nerf guns. So I used to like take apart Nerf guns. Like I used to unscrew them, put new springs in them, replace, remove the air constrictors, just do anything so that I can get more range out of the bullets. And I would spray paint them. I would make them look different. I would make them look at real guns. I would take parts from one Nerf gun, put them into a different Nerf gun, and, like, merge them together. I would saw some of them in half and put them together, like... You would completely modify them any way you could just so you could be cool. Yeah. It's, like, basically, it's, like, if you had a car... Exactly. You just modified the car, but you were modifying But, like, I'm nine years old and I have Nerf guns, not a car. So I'll try it with that. So you had a saw at nine years old? I took my dad's saw. I actually turned my dad's workbench into a Nerf gun station. I thought you were going to say office. Nerf gun, well, yeah, I guess. Double seven. It was, <laughs> it was a Nerf gun office. It was Double like the back cave, but in my parents' garage. Shoot your sister? Yeah, I'd shoot my sister quite a bit. Um, but yeah, anyway, I, I transitioned from that into like reviewing iPhones and then I had a drumming channel and then I started making vines and then I met this fucking idiot to my left and now I am at an all time low, all time low, 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 Honestly, low, I would low, be down low, to go to see them in concert. Oh, that's John, that's the John Bellions. They're talking about the boy band. Is that all time? I don't know. Isn't there a boy band called All Time Low? No. Well, oh. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think about one more communication question here. You you ask. You come up with it. Okay. See how long it takes him to come up. With I my brain is slow after like a certain hour. Um, swear to God, if we did this around lunchtime, it would be different. But we all have work, so. We could film this tomorrow at lunch. No, I'd rather do it every day at night. This is vibes. All right. All right. And, like, I think, honestly, this was a pretty fucking solid episode. Yeah, this was a good one. That's it for today's episode of White Collar Dropouts. The laptop died on us, so we're cutting it short. Also, I fired Philip. We have a brand new co-host, D-Mac. Introduce yourself. Hey, how's it going, guys? I'm D-Mac. I'm the new guy on the block or on this love seat. How are you, Zach? I'm pretty good. D-Mac turned 22 today. Happy birthday. Thank you so much. He's also going to be our next guest on the pod. So this is a little bit of a sneak peek. Sneak peek. All right. Catch you guys later.